Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. When you first get married, there's a really big adjustment period to start kind of prioritizing your marriage over other relationships and activities. Uh, For some, it's a struggle to leave your family of origin and start fresh. I'm John Fuller, along with the couple who lead our marriage department here at Focus. It's Greg and Aaron Smalley. And Aaron, you do a lot of counseling. How often does this uh, leave and cleave concept present itself as a problem in your uh, counseling office? All the time. And when I work with premarital couples in our ready-to-wed curriculum that we created here at Focus, I use that within my private practice, there's a whole chapter on leaving and cleaving Hmm. because it's an important concept that we leave our family of origin and we cleave to our new spouse. And so that comes up frequently. And it, it actually takes time for this process to happen. Um, Moving from me to we can take anywhere from 7 to 14 years. Wow. Isn't that I don't think wild? anybody goes into marriage thinking, and by year 15, I should have this down, right? Well, it, it gives a couple a break by better helping them understand what's the right expectation. Yes, that's the We're right not going to do this in year yeah. one or two. It's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim Daly and I talked with Bill and Pam Farrell about these kinds of things for newlyweds. They're passionate about helping young couples succeed. And here are the Farrells talking about what their early years of marriage were like. Uh, the first five years of your marriage, yes. you're not going to get away without us probing. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't perfect. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. It's like uh, so not perfect. In fact, you have like a Christmas story that I know about. Uh, I want others to hear this. You, you had a humorous Christmas story. Um, what happened? You know, we went home after our honeymoon. We had a second reception. So we're really newlyweds. We're so talking a weekend. Yeah. yeah. And so I went back to my hometown and we're staying with my mom and my grandparents give it this wonderful party. And Bill met probably 70 relatives. Bill went from having four people he was related to to like 74 people in one day. So he was a little overwhelmed. A little overwhelmed. Did you win the lottery or what happened? (laughs) Well, my my family was just very isolated because my mom was afraid of people. Okay. And my dad broke with his side of the family. My mom broke with her side of the family. So we didn't do relatives. Right. Right. We had five people in our family. That's who we spent time with. And we're all about family on my side. You know, (laughs) food, family. And um, so... We're getting ready to go to a big family Christmas thing, and I 
an, a really innocuous statement ask about which shoes I should wear. And everybody in my family gave an opinion. And it became a crisis because whose opinion do I listen to? I mean, the Bible says I'm supposed to leave and cleave. And Bill's opinion on shoes is different than my mom's opinion on shoes. And I have to make a big decision right now on whose opinion. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. yeah, like and total meltdown. bad. Oh, total meltdown because I thought my mom's been through so much. I want to honor my mom, and it's so hard on her. But then you know what? I have to take a stand. I'm a newlywed, and you know, I need to line up with my husband. And so I what just, happened? I just hey. started to cry. Went to the other room, and Bill came in. And he's like, "It's okay, it's okay." And my mom's like, "It's okay, it's okay. Wear his shoes. Wear his shoes." <laughs> she was smart <laughs> enough to know this is a leave yeah, and leave moment. And of course, you in my mind, I'm thinking. We're doing this over shoes. Shoes, yeah, like right. shoes. That's, that's a, a good pair. guy response. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm I'm smart enough to know don't say anything right now. Yeah. Okay. You'll See, be... you're you're a young man of unusual wisdom. <laughs> I wasn't that smart. He was but... like, "What will help you, Pam? What would be the most helpful?" Yeah, but every fiber of my being is saying. What? Solved? Is this a simple thing? Shoes, man. Like if we're crying shoes. over shoes, what's the what's the real marriage going to be like? Welcome to marriage. In fact, this subject of leaving and cleaving—it's uh, a good one. It's one of the most difficult things that a young married couple experiences, yes. and they yeah. they need to get it right. And your example of the right thing for the man to do is a good example. Let's hear a clip from uh, another uh, worried person about what to do. My mother-in-law drives me crazy because she calls my husband every single day just to chat. And I just wish that my husband would talk to me that much. And so it's really frustrating for me because I feel like he talks to her more than he wants to talk to me. So what am I really supposed to do about setting those kind of boundaries with he and I in our relationship? Wow. I mean, there's a big one. Yeah. That is a powder keg. It's a good way to describe it. What would you say to that young married woman? Well, and her true feelings were not that the mother-in-law calls and talks all the time. It was, I wish my husband would talk to me that much. Mm -hmm. That's the real statement in there. What has to happen there? How does she begin to address this with her husband? What does she need to say? How does she need to say it? So that it doesn't alienate her from her mother-in-law. Right, right. Because her mother-in-law is, is probably her best advocate in, in most cases. Um, so it's just an adjustment that needs to be made. And uh, But this is a conversation she has to have with her husband before it just builds up into resentment and explodes in an ugly way in an argument like, you don't love me, you only love your mom. And yeah, that's all bad. And so if she could simply sit down and say, okay, I value your mom. She's made you a wonderful, godly man. And I so appreciate the fruit of what your parents have put in your life. So because of that, I long for more time with you. And how can we work it in? It seems like you have a natural way of talking with your mom several times you know, a day. I would love for us to figure out what that's going to look like in our new relationship. Mm. So could we sit down and figure out how we can connect um, mm. on a really good level with our time together? And, you know, when you come with an attitude that's not against anybody else but for all of us, um, it usually will turn into a winning conversation. It's when you start blaming that then fireworks go off. Well, uh, Aaron, let's go ahead and take that situation just a little bit further. So if my spouse is having attachment issues and I keep trying to talk to her, uh, but she's not hearing me, what encouragement do you have for us? You know, several things. Attachment stuff is from family of origin that we look at 
you know, how did that go for each individual? And it's so great to even take an attachment style assessment to kind of see, am I more avoidant? Am I anxious? Because there's particular behaviors that come with each style. As a matter of fact, the Yurkoviches, they wrote How We Love, looks at attachment styles, and they have a, a free assessment you can take. It's, and we'll link over to that in the episode. Yeah, how, it's really beneficial. It is really beneficial just to understand what are we dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so bottom line, we can only control us and miss those interactions with our spouse. So stepping back and going, okay, so when he's avoiding or disconnecting, what am I feeling? What is it triggering inside of me? And showing up and taking care of your heart and managing whatever is manifesting as a result of that tender spot getting triggered. And then have a conversation. Once you've cared for you, go back and talk to your spouse about, gosh, when I can't find you emotionally, that's really painful for me. And, you know, I can even look back at, you know, my attachment style when I was a little girl and I tried to get my mom's attention and she wouldn't pay attention to me. That was really painful. And so I learned to kind of you know, zone out or get loud or whatever. And so you might see me doing those things, but what's really going on is I feel alone. And, you know, just having a healthy conversation, a healthy dialogue, you know, and then pursuing, you know, what is it that goes on for you? Yeah, you're not trying to fix the other person. You're trying to get in their skin kind of and understand what's going on inside. Give insight. I'd, I'd only add, let it be a prayer point. If you're feeling a certain way and you can't get the closeness you want as a couple, pray for your mm. spouse that God would work. Not that he would fix them because it's their problem, but... Oh, sometimes that... we pray that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or maybe, let me say that again. Seems sometimes like I, I hear pray that. that. Coming out of a closet. Okay, Greg, I'm going to exit on that. No, yeah. you had one more thing, though, you wanted to share. Well, I was just thinking there, definitely within our marriage, I tend to probably be more the avoider. And so there's many times that, Aaron, right, you, you feel frustrated. You just feel disconnected. But often... And I really appreciate this. Instead of going, you know, what is your deal? Why are we so disconnected? Why won't you spend more time with me? You'll say something like this. Um, I, I just, I was just thinking about you. I love it when we're in those seasons where we're really having consistent time together. Um, how could we do that? You know, now, because I know things have changed, but I really desire to connect with you. How could we do that more consistently? And and what I've noticed is that it doesn't put me on the defensive. Not that I'm saying Aaron's responsible for my emotions and whether or not I'm defensive or not. But I'm saying when she frames it more in the positive direction versus here's the here's what you're doing wrong versus right. here's what I long for. And when we do this oh, I love that. How could we even do that more? It just, it it keeps me then going, yeah, because I like that too. How could we do that better? And so even the way we bring this up to each other, there there can be, you know, a way to talk about that that doesn't create kind of that defensiveness. And I, I, I appreciate that. You do that really well. And part of it for me, part of my growth has been understanding who Greg is and, you know, maybe more of an avoider, but (laughs) even looking at his personality, he's not one that's going to be like, Hey, I got to talk to you. And that's more me. And sometimes I expected him to show up like Mm -hmm. me. And so just understanding who he is now, granted, things can get out of balance Mm -hmm. and we can talk about that and I can encourage and, you know, that sort of thing, but really just, you know, being aware of who is my spouse by nature. Yeah. All right. I've got three things that we'll close on. One is um, Aaron mentioned earlier the Yurkoviches, Mylan and Kay Yurkovich. 
uh, search them out on our website. We'll link over to an assessment that they offer, so yeah, you can kind of understand. Book. You can understand kind of how you're wired from your family of origin. Uh, and then, boy, we've talked about th- some things that might need counseling intervention. And if that's you, if you're thinking, I don't even know where to start, give us a call. Uh, we have caring Christian counselors here, and it'd be a privilege for us to connect them with you, have an initial consult with you, and kind of get you going on the journey towards some healing and uh, a stronger marriage. Our number is 800-A-FAMILY, and uh, we'll link over to the counseling team uh, there in the show notes as well. And then finally... More Wisdom from Pam and Bill Farrell is available in their book, The First Five Years. If you're in that window of almost married or those first five years, get a copy of this. We're making it available for a donation of any amount, either a monthly gift or a one-time donation. And you can find all the details about contributing and getting that book and the other resources I've mentioned in the show notes. Next time, an incredible testimony of redemption from Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.